thanks so much for joining us on Cranford Radio. My name is Bernie Wagenblast. Today, I'm getting to interview a fellow journalist, someone who is involved with local media here in Cranford. You perhaps have seen this publication in your mailbox. It's called Cranford Local, and I'm speaking with the editor, Sean McDonald. Sean, thank you so much for joining me on Cranford Radio. Thank you for having me, Bernie. Well, as I mentioned, you're a journalist, but You've got a, a couple of journalism hats that you wear. Let's first talk about Cranford Local. For those who maybe have seen it in their mailbox, or maybe those who have not seen it in their mailbox, tell me a little bit about the publication, if you would, please. Um, so this publication is from a publishing company called Local Media, and they've been doing this in Westfield for about seven, eight years now. They've been doing a publication in Summit. They combined Summit and Chatham, and they did that for two or three years already, and um, the point of it is just to connect the community, all positive, celebrating your neighbors, nothing controversial, nothing that's going to upset people or start tough conversations, which is something that I gravitated towards, especially within the last five years, right? Like I feel that communities really need this positivity. I had been supplying content for the Westfield one. My students at the high school, which I'm sure we'll get into later, had been supplying content. So I knew the publisher very well. And he had approached me last year and said, hey, I really want to get into Cranford. Seems like the perfect town to do it. I just don't like I don't have any connection to Cranford, but you do. So I was like, <laughs> oh, OK. Um, and we kind of took on this venture and launched the magazine in Cranford in April. And I feel like it's gotten a pretty positive response. People say print media is dying. I hate that term. <laughs> I will fight to the death to keep print media going. I think it's missing in our society now. And having a positive, beautiful piece of print media that celebrates your community, I think, I mean, like, who's going to be mad about that? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's a publication that comes out monthly. Is that yes. how frequent it is? Yeah. So it's every single month. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of all over the map about, you know, businesses and people, groups, athletes, kids, pets. Yeah, there's no real template, you know, like, I mean, mm -hmm. I have similar things that happen each month, but like stories come up, you know, like I want, you know, I want to get you in the next magazine, Bernie. <laughs> you know, just things that are like cool about our community that I, that we want people to know about. And we have to work with businesses. I know you said you read the editor's letter in the last one and, you know, we don't charge for this magazine. So the only way that we can put it out is if we have businesses that are working with us in advertising. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the business model of the magazine. So Again, this is my side, my side job. <laughs> so, but like you, I look at this as a community service, give back to my community. This is not going to be a full-time job, but it's something that I think is nice to do for my, for my neighbors. Now, I guess you have to wear a couple of hats. Not only are you the editor and in a sense publisher, but are you also the salesperson that goes out to these businesses to get advertising? So I think, um, you know, that's been kind of like an interesting part of this is I I don't have a sales background. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have a master's degree in American literature. I'm doing all these <laughs> things that I've never thought that I would do. But um, mostly my publisher and we have another woman, Blanche Ryder, who works with us. Um, they're the ones that do a lot of the ad sales. However, 
I'm the one that knows people in Cranford. I'm the one that has connections. So it's been a very much of like, oh, I know you, you know me, let me connect you with people that can talk to you really well about ad sales, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so I kind of make a lot of the connections. I have closed some of the deals, which have been new experiences for me. But in essence, like a lot of people have started to come to me, which is which is great. Talking about your connection to Cranford, tell us a little bit about that, if you would, please. So I moved to Cranford, I want to say five, a little over five or five and a half years ago. We kind of fell into Cranford when my husband took a job in Milburn. We moved from Bloomfield. We had lived there for seven years in our first house. And we came to Cranford and I immediately fell in love with it. It's so, it's such a throwback community, right? You know, like I feel like my kids can go biking around and the sports are super fun. My boys, I have two boys, 10 and seven, and they are very involved in the sports community in Cranford. So, and I live right by the high school. So it's, it's, I feel very much a part of the community here. <laughs> we also want to talk a little bit about your, your full-time job. Fortunately, as we're recording this, it is August. So you don't really have to be doing that uh, too much at this point, but you mentioned Westfield High School. Tell us what you do there at Westfield High, if you would, please. Yes. So when I moved to Cranford, I switched from teaching in Bergen County after 13 years to teaching at Westfield High School. Primarily, most of my career, I was straight up English teacher. I taught AP, AP Lang and, you know, uh, British Brit Lit and all that, you know, traditional stuff. And I dabbled in journalism at my old school because nobody stepped up. <laughs> and then I came to Westfield and there was an opening for journalism position. I was like, oh yeah, I can do this. Got the job, realized that they run a newspaper that prints weekly and has been printing weekly since 1935. Wow. So it was like coming into like taking over Joe Pa's spot at Penn State, you know, like, <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> um, so there was that was really a learning curve. And I learned a lot about journalism right away. I learned a lot about Adobe InDesign and printing and what print schedules mean. And at the high school, the kids need to take two years of journalism before they can even be a part of the publication. Oh, so wow. essentially it's a program and mm -hmm. I teach the second year of that program. And then the third year is the publication and it's a class and it's a workshop class. Since I've been there, the program has quadrupled in size. So after like the first two years I was there, we were like, we have too many kids. What are we going to do? I can't turn them away from journalism. Could you imagine? Pulitzer would roll over in his grave. Um, so we added a quarterly print magazine as an option. So then there was a point where kids could say, I want to be writing for the newspaper weekly, or I want to be a little bit more artistic and do long form and do quarterly magazine. And then starting in this September, we've also given them a third option, which is an online sports journalism course, where we are going to cover all Westfield Blue Devil sports in an online form. You mentioned about, you hate the phrase, journalism is dying. And you talk about how the program has grown at Westfield High. There seems to be a lot of interest on the part of young people of getting involved with journalism in a day and age where journalism itself has evolved quite a bit from what it was when I was first getting involved. I think that people are a little bit drawn to journalism in the last couple of years, um, and mainly because journalism has not been great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's been a lot of mistrust in journalism. I think 
the rise in online journalism caused a lot of problems. Um, it opened a lot of doors, but it also created a lot of risk in terms of accuracy and facts and pushing for, you know, getting things out on time and quickly rather than doing it right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I think the kids see it more now, right? Like when I was in high school, if I wanted to know anything about journalism, I had to sit down and actually read a paper or turn on the radio or watch the news at a certain time. Mm -hmm. These kids are getting it on TikTok. So I think their access to it and they have so much like world knowledge that I never had and they want to have a voice. I think that their voices, because there's so many voices they want to find a way to get their voices out there. And how do they do that without just being another kid on Instagram or TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that the journalism ap- appeals to them, but it is tough pointing out solid journalism as examples to show them sometimes. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I work backwards, like, okay, we're not going to do this. <laughs> well, I'm curious about that too, because a lot of these kids are growing up in a, an age where journalism takes on a partisan flavor. It may be to the right, it may be to the left. Mm -hmm. And some of the rigor that I was taught in terms of trying to be as unbiased as possible and trying to present multiple viewpoints and things of that sort has gone by the wayside for a lot of journalism outlets. Do you find that the students come to it with a particular I don't want to say political, but uh, necessarily an idea of a viewpoint that they want to push, or do they have difficulty trying to present things from a more unbiased viewpoint? Yeah, I think that I think everybody right now has a difficult time doing that, even in daily conversation. You know, uh, we talk a lot about I mean, op eds are a different thing. They all love when we work on op eds or they get to write op eds because that is your time to be biased. You know, of course, we talk about it's got to be peppered with facts and evidence. However, you know, the news writing and even feature writing at times, we talk a lot about like even adjective usage. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know, they're like, no, that that I'm just stating a fact. And I'm like, yeah, but by using that adjective, you're putting a slant on it or a tone. So that is a definitely a learning curve for them. But it's something that we talk about a lot. You know, I'll be like, you can't have this sentence in here in a news piece because this is not about what you think. <laughs> this is about giving everybody the information and letting them decide what they what they think. So it is a learning curve, but that's why I appreciate the program we have at Westfield too, is that like for two years, we work on that before they're even publishing anything. Mm-hmm. So it's really important, the system that we have set up because in most places, even in colleges and then in a lot of school high schools, it's just like a club, you know, and anybody can join. But in, in our program, like it's part of your academic curriculum and you are training for it. You know, you're getting the history, you're getting the way the formulas and the way that, you know, what makes a news piece, what makes a feature, what makes an op-ed, what do you need to have in there? And the other thing that they really struggle with is um, interviewing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because they'll be like, well, I emailed them and they didn't email me back. I'm like, they are in our school. Go see them. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, um, it is pushing kids outside of their comfort zones. In today's society, kids struggle with having face-to-face conversations. So that's an interest. And they get very, very nervous 
about about doing that. You know, they don't even order at coffee shops. They do it at home. <laughs> Good so, on the app. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's a new concept for them and it really pushes them outside of their comfort zones. But I feel like they're gaining so many skills. These kids that do this program for three years, the amount of skills, forget about just the writing and the journalism, you know, it's about deadlines and it's about because we have very strict deadlines with print journalism. Mm -hmm. Online journalism is a little more flexible, but print journalism, I mean, we have legit, if you don't have something and it's not done, we have a blank space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's, they're learning people skills. They're learning how to write. I spend a whole, two days going over how to write professional emails. So they, they're really gaining a lot of skills. <laughs> yeah, the grammar is a little bit different. You can't just uh, abbreviate all the words and you have to use correct grammar, uppercase, lowercase, yeah. all those things that sometimes, you know, we've become so used to in this age of texting and yeah. instant messages and things of that sort. Well, they, they always want to fall back on like, well, can I just email them the questions? And I'm like, no, you have to speak with them. <laughs> <laughs> For those students who have gone through the program and have graduated, do you find any of them going on to study journalism in college? Yeah. Last year, I had 50 seniors from the program graduate, and I would say usually five to seven focus on journalism, which is, I think, a big number. I had, And I have a student who's going to be a sophomore at the School of Journalism at Northwestern, which is crazy <laughs> good. And I would say that 80 to 90% of the kids become a part of their college's publications. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they may not study journalism, but they, you know, they come in with so much knowledge of what college wouldn't want them on their staff, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of kids, I had a student at Bucknell just started there said, I just, I just went to my first newspaper meeting, you know, unfortunately, slightly similar to teaching families are not real eager to pay for them to go to this, you know, super expensive school and study journalism. You know, we're still kind of stuck in that stigma of it's not going to make you a million dollars to be a journalist, but if you go to business school, so that's a struggle for a lot of the kids because they've kind of been taught their whole lives about making money and having these high power jobs. But if they really love something, it's tough. Yeah. And, and I can speak from experience. Some of the things that you get to do as a journalist, other people never get a chance to do. And some of those experiences are priceless. Right. Right. You and I have something in common. We both went to Seton Hall University. I'm curious, did you work at the Setonian Law when you were at Seton Hall? No. I mean, my story is so crazy that I, I literally did not take journalism classes. I was not, I mean, I was always interested in it, but my high school didn't offer it. And I was really into English. And so I was, a, I was on the track for the, you know, literature. I was a volleyball player at Seton Hall. So I was a division one athlete, which kept me extremely busy. Um, so I was not a part of the Setonian. I read the Setonian. I listened to WSOU. I've always respected the craft and always felt like it would be good for my personality to be a journalist, but I was on a different path and, and, you know, I was focused on reading books and playing volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is good for your GPA. I'm sure. <laughs> One last thing I want to ask about Westfield high, you mentioned to me before we started recording that, some of the students are very interested in podcasting. Tell us a little bit about what they're doing with podcasting. 
Yeah. So their second year of the program, I do like a, um, a, a month, two month long unit on podcasting. We listen to a bunch of different um, podcasts. We talk about what what do podcasts serve in our society? Why are podcasts good? Why do we need them? What kind of different news media? You know, how does it portray news in a different way? And, you know, I'm, I'm a big This American Life fan. So <laughs> I always find some really good, you know, some poignant pieces because Ira and his people do very good stuff with bringing in evidence. I like to emphasize to them that podcasting, it doesn't, it's still journalism. Like you still need good interviewing skills. You still need, you know, stats and evidence. And I'll have kids that are like, well, I want to do, you know, an NFL preview. I'm like, that's fine. And that's great. But you need to tell me some of that. You need to bring step, have stats ready. You can't just sit down with your buddy and like, you know, talk about football. There is a process. So some of the kids really, really, really like it. And I will have kids that go into their senior year for the publication who routinely are putting together podcasts. Um, I had I have students every year that do an around the league where they do a sports podcast. The sports podcasting is really big with them. I had students one year do a great podcast on the John List murders as as part of their, you know, and they interviewed Judge Wertheimer, who was a, a part of that case. And you know, it's it's really a lot of kids gravitate towards it because it's a medium that they have access to create. I think it's awesome. I sometimes I have to talk to them about like, do people really want to hear that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, is that interesting to people? Um, but you know, it's it's a good experience, and some kids really really love it. So I, I think it's fun. Well, this has been very much a fun exercise for me, talking with a, a fellow Cranford journalist. We've been speaking with Sean McDonald. She is the editor of Cranford Local. Sean, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here on Cranford Radio. No problem. Thank you, Bernie.